football cards collecting and investing. His name is Andy. My name is Carter. We are only a few weeks away, Andy, from the National. We hope to meet each and every one of you. But I do want to reveal something at the beginning of this. And I don't think a lot of people know this, Andy. You and I have never met before. Never met in person, man. I have no clue what you actually look like or if you ever wear pants. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I actually have gone pantsless for, I think, two episodes. And I made sure just to not stand up at all. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's going to be a great time. I can't wait to actually meet you. I can't wait to meet each and every one of you. So send us a message. Let us know if you're going. But, obviously, we're talking cards today because most of you aren't able to actually – make the trip and Andy there is new product being released basically by the day it seems but the poll question is attached right now and Andy I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and let you answer it uh first when it comes to these rookie QBs yeah man this is uh this is really tough and I think it you know it comes back to us like who's gonna have the most expensive rookie card or, or average resale value on their rookie card, we can say rookie auto if we want to kind of boil it down to, to something a little bit more specific um, at the end of the season. For me, Carter, it's got to be Anthony Richardson on uh -oh. the Colts. And mm -hmm. the reason the reason why I say this is because of the offensive line. It's not bad. Last year, they really performed poorly uh, across the board. I think that was a little bit of a fluky season. Matt Ryan was clearly dust and there was coaching concerns and there's a lot of issues going on there. Uh, they got better, better towards the end of the year. Once they changed the coaching up, once Matt Ryan was, was done. So it's like, I think that uh, bringing Shane Steichen in from the Eagles, he already knows how to develop around a rushing quarterback. And, and Anthony Richardson's athleticism is just so good that if he can exceed expectations at all in passing, they've got some good wide receiver weapons. The Colts have the 30th uh, easiest schedule, so they have one of the easiest schedules in the league this year. And their hardest stretch is not until weeks 14 through 16. So – I think that with all those factors combined, Anthony Richardson is going to have the most successful season. He's also the guy Ooh. that I think can just melt people's faces on the ground in, in the run game. And that dual threat capability with a cannon for an arm, if he can actually dial that in, man, I mean, we could be looking at a serious hype storm for this guy. Shout out Underdog Fantasy. He does have the highest ADP because of that rushing ability. But, Andy, I'm going to actually take this in a different direction. I'm going to actually share with you the one that I'm staying away from, and that is C.J. Stroud. I just do not like this situation for him at all. And I would highly recommend looking to move a lot of your college uni cards on any of these quarterbacks, but in particular C.J., because I do not like the Texans roster. I do not like their situation. I – don't really like their division um and i am just staying away uh from 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 cj altogether because you know they spent all that draft capital to move up to to get a pass rusher and will anderson i i just don't like that for him in the afc where it is absolutely loaded now that's not me saying i don't like cj at all it's just you have got to have pieces around you to be able to succeed. And CJ went to Ohio State where 
he had by far the the best supporting cast he could have asked for. And now he's going to Houston where it is not like that at all. I actually really do like Bryce Young. I do think Bryce is going to be the best quarterback out of any of these rookie quarterbacks, this class or the Kenny Pickett class before this one. So I, I'm, I'm a Bryce guy. It could just be my bias, Andy, because even though you've never met me, I'm short. I, I, I cheer for my fellow short Kings. So even though he is an Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, I, I do think Bryce is going to end up being the absolute best. You know, what's interesting is the Texans have a very difficult uh, schedule to start the season. They're actually their hardest games are weeks one through four when they play the Ravens week one in Baltimore, mind you, and then they travel back home to play the Colts. So you potentially have a, uh, a rookie quarterback battle there and back in Houston, but then they go to Jacksonville week three to play the Jaguars and then back home for the Texans and week four. So not an easy stretch at all to start the season for CJ Stroud. And um, I do, I, I am a little concerned just about the offensive, uh, the offense, offensive play calling, like the offensive play calling creativeness there in Houston. I mean, you got a lot of new coaching personnel and uh, yeah, it's going to be a big challenge for him to start the season. I want to chat with you about the rookie class before from mostly a football card uh, perspective, because look, you know, 2022 product is starting to, you know, trickle out. Uh, you tagged me in a tweet about some big time Brock Purdy cards being graded. Uh, right now, Brock Purdy has been one of the most submitted athletes altogether, Andy. Um, you know, I, I would love your thoughts as far as a football card market perspective on Brock uh, moving forward with the 49ers. Man, well, I, I got to tell you, right now he's become the chase guy for uh, 2022 product. Um, and it's it's interesting to see what he actually gets printed in. He doesn't have the same print runs, the same availability as a guy like Kenny Pickett, but you can see he's being submitted to PSA at a much higher race, rate. He is the 13th most submitted football athlete to PSA in their entire database. Um, his base Donruss, Mosaic, and Prism rookies are three of the 20 most submitted individual football cards uh, right now, according to PSA card from from their Twitter account. So I my, my take, obviously, my, my take on him, I am leery to say that his prices haven't uh, kind of flatlined right now. Uh, right. We are still getting substantial like news that he is going to start the season, but the graded reports are like flooding back. So it's no surprise that the um, the hobby, the graders are definitely prioritizing Purdy above all else from 2022. He's definitely driving the 2022 product right now. Yeah, and I think some of that is is hobby-based, right? Like people are trying to get excited about Brock Purdy because there are very few quarterbacks in this class to really get excited about. Like I don't think anyone truly thinks Desmond Ritter is it. I think a lot of people are intrigued by Sam Howell, and I think obviously a lot of people are intrigued by Kenny Pickett, especially with that Pittsburgh Steelers market, arguably the best fan base in, in the NFL. But, man, it, it's just that 49ers offense. If Brock is healthy, Andy, his floor is really high. 
I just have a difficult time with his football IQ and Debo and Kittle and Ayuk and McCaffrey for Brock Purdy to not at least be a very, very, very good quarterback with a high floor in the NFC. So um, I I, I kind of like uh, Brock going into this next year because people like quarterbacks and people like winners, Andy. The one thing that concerns me a little bit about uh, his situation is – you know, more or less like his mobility, kind of like his fragility. I mean, he's not a mobile quarterback now. He does know how to maneuver in the pocket, obviously. And he, he showed he's very good at reading defenses and scanning through his reads and finding the open receiver and being accurate. But if it wasn't for Trent Williams on the San Francisco 49ers offensive line, that'd be a pretty concerning uh, group, you know. Uh, so I, I think that um, – Trent Williams is a guy that ain't like anchors that offensive line and they've got some, some rotating players in there, but I look at his, his graded card market, for example, Carter, his base Donruss PSA 10 with a pop count is like climbing as a significant rate right now, as we just pointed out, uh, is at 50 to $60 on average. It was a buy it now for $60, uh, compared to Justin Fields at the same price. Like, which one would you rather have? I feel like me personally, Brock Purdy is a guy that's going to be like, um, he's going to have to continue to win, continue to have to play good because he doesn't have that draft capital to uh, fall on, to lean back on to say, hey, this is why I should be a starter. I like Fields going into next year. Once again, I wish... I had some Justin Fields cards in my hands for the national here in a few weeks. I think he's going to be the hyped quarterback where you're going to see what happened uh, with uh, Mac Jones at the national uh, Zach Wilson at the national. I, I think Justin is going to be that guy for this next year and he's better uh, than those guys. So, if you're going to Chicago and you have some Justin Fields cards, you, you can make some really good cash deals. Um, let, let me get to a few questions here. Starting off here, Andy, with James. People are already replicating Purdy's high-end cards. Uh, I actually did see this in a Facebook group that somebody reprinted a Brock Purdy gold number to 10 card and just 99 cent that thing on eBay and he got $165 for it. Now, I don't know if it's going to get paid for. I've never heard of shilling for reprint cards, Andy. But uh, this is just a friendly reminder from a purely football card perspective, Andy. Be careful with the reprint, baby, because it's becoming more and more prevalent. Yeah, it's that's scary, man. That's scary, especially on ultra-modern stuff. And you, you do see some custom ACO or like just artistic cards, what they call them uh out there and it's pretty easy to tell which ones those are but at the same time i've seen some people on instagram that are making them they look really good they so <laughs> it definitely makes me a little bit more concerned i'm almost like you know i want to man it's you, you gotta you gotta be careful what's which is important to why you get that buyer's protection whenever you're purchasing a sports card unless you're like actually seeing it in person at a show but the thing is, on the Brock Purdy auction, 
he the, the seller put in all caps reprint uh and 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 people still don't see it he didn't do rp he he did all caps reprint absolutely hilarious um let's go to chad we have five live cards from 2023 chronic on the bay as of right now okay let's go let's go it's 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 hitting already andy let's get it baby yeah, that, um, that's really cool. Um, I am, I'm really excited for this product. It's, it's supposed to, you know, it's supposed to feature some autographs, uh, some chase cards. Uh, we're currently doing a hobby box break and the Quest Patreon, Quest Discord at cost for any Patreon members. Okay. And um, let's go. We are, yeah, we're, we're excited. We're excited to get that product. It, the, Hobby boxes are scheduled to be released in two days, so they haven't officially come out yet. So there must be some first off the line variation uh, directly from Panini or maybe some product leaked, and you've got a few listings out there. But it's interesting to look at how quickly prices on the previous products fall. So we were talking about um, Anthony Richardson, right? And I can see the poll here says 50% for Anthony Richardson. 40% for Bryce Young and 10% for CJ Stroud. So when you go to eBay though, and you look at Anthony Richardson over, over the past couple months, Carter, look at how his prices have dropped on the Bowman Chrome University auto. Like here's a nine for 170 going back to June 8th. But then as you scroll up, it drops to 152 on June 19th, the same card. And then June 22nd, a few days later, 127. And then June 30th, 90, and now July 4th, 89. So you can see how that Ooh. card value has almost been chopped in half. And I'm not sure if it's just the uh, hype is kind of just flatlining out. We're like in the heart of the off season. There was the holiday. Of course, it's never good to end your auction on a holiday. But then we've got the Chronicles coming out this Friday. And then you've also got other new sets that are getting ready to be released right behind it, actually. Ugh. Ugh. Time that auction, baby. I want to ask you this. Uh let me put let's put this comment up first. MW from the beaches of the Black Sea, Bulgaria. Are you kidding me? Huh? Wow, man. Worldwide. Let's go. Yeah, that lets you know we're doing something right for somebody on vacation. I wouldn't be worried about football cards if I'm in Bulgaria. I, I would be enjoying that. But we appreciate you are here, MW. Um, He's like 10 hours, at, 10 or 12 hours ahead, something like It's like 1 or 2 a.m. for him there. So he, he must be um, at least two sheets to the wind. He's a few I, drinks in. There you go. I love it. I love it. Just don't rip any product right now. Uh, but uh, what I want to ask you, Andy, as far as – Actually, I totally forgot my next point. I wanted to bring it up in the live stream. I'm just thinking of being on uh, in Bulgaria watching us right now. It's just so freaking cool. Um, Vinny is in New Zealand, so let's go to his question really quickly. Drake London going to be buyer this year. All right, uh, let, let's let's get into this. 
Andy, from a fantasy perspective, I've actually drafted a good bit of Drake London, but from a football card perspective, I'd love to know your thoughts. <laughs> well, it's it's this is a great one because he's a second year wide receiver. I love his underlying metrics from last year. You know, he does have number eight overall uh, draft capital, just like Bijan Robinson. It's been that number eight pick. Drake London last year, uh, Bijan this year. What, what what did they spin on Kyle Pitts in 2021? It was like the number eight as well. No, number four even One on Kyle four, Pitts. So yeah. I, I go to um, – when I compare like Drake London to guys like J-Mo, who actually – Drake London has a very comparable price to him, even though Drake, Drake London is not suspended for the first six games. He's got, you know, really good draft capital like J-Mo. Um, and – He's got a clear-cut number one wide receiver role. Obviously, we don't know how much passing volume is actually going to be in the Atlanta offense to feed guys to to how many guys can they bring along, right? If right. if Ritter can meet expectations at all, I think that the the um, the Atlanta Falcons are going to have one of these receivers go off. I kind of classify Kyle Pitts as a receiver, especially yeah. with that draft capital and kind of his profile, but. I've kind of been changing my stance on the Atlanta Falcons a little bit. I do not like Desmond Ritter, but, dude, whenever I look at their offensive line, ranked number seven according to PFF heading into the season, when I look at their strength of schedule, their opponents, it's um, 31st. They have the second easiest schedule in the NFL. Their most difficult stretch is weeks two to four. I think that they are going to be in a position – and they've also got to see what they've got in Drake London. And they're going to have an incredible run game. They're going to be in a position to throw the ball a little bit more. You know, because if Drake, uh, if uh, if Desmond Ritter is not the guy, then maybe it's time to go ahead and like tank and uh, try and get one of the elite quarterbacks next year and go ahead and move on from him while you got him in his rookie contract. So they really do need to test and see what they got in this guy. Found a pretty good offensive line. So I do think we're going to see quite a few shots to – uh, Drake London, who has some really good underlying metrics in terms of receiver, uh, man coverage, separation, route win rate. And he's got a nice yak ability. I mean, the guy is 6'4", 213, Carter. And his prices are much lower than like that of an Olave, much lower than a Garrett Wilson, you know, much like pretty much only a little bit higher than a Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, uh, type of range. Yeah, I, I do like Drake. I do. Um, the musician, not the athlete. Uh, Drake London's okay to me. Uh, look, I, I've drafted him quite a bit uh, as my wide receiver too. Sometimes a wide receiver, you know, three if I'm going a wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver build on a underdog. But, man, I, I don't like the pace that they play. They were relatively slow uh, last year, and – they're going to be feeding the living daylights out of Bijan uh, this next year. I do agree, though. The schedule does set up pretty nicely, and all we need is a few spike weeks here from Drake London. He's got you know, that single-digit number. He does have highlight reel capabilities. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm down to have some Drake London, but at the same time, Andy, when I go on eBay and I see his autos are – you know, going for basically, I mean, at the basement, 25, 30 bucks. Uh, I, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to get really excited when I could get some other receivers for essentially that same price. 
you got two run heavy teams in Tennessee and Atlanta. Still got King Henry in Tennessee. You know they want to run the ball. Uh, Arthur Smith actually comes from Tennessee, right, where he used to run the ball. So it's right. like, who would you rather have in terms of athletic ability? I know they're a little bit different builds between Traylon Burks and Drake London, but they're both projected to be their number one receivers for their team. Um, you're looking at currently about 40 to $50 on a silver prism auto Drake London. This is non-serial number, but it is a silver prism auto. So it's like one of those popular desirable cards compared to the Traylon Burks that you could get for 20 to 25. Exactly. I like that play a lot better. Um, I, you know, I was getting ready for the live stream. Uh, I, I've been so busy the last 48. Uh, did a show last night on 4th of July. Um, so we appreciate y'all for understanding. Once again, happy 4th. Uh, we, we did move the show to today, but you know, I, I I was looking at Traylon Burks, clearly blue color match auto number to ninety nine. Andy, one went for fifteen dollars out the door. Fifteen dollars total out the door. Um, that's very cheap for me for for Traylon Burks. Um, now I, I I am in SEC country, so it, it might just be that you know I watched a lot of him coming out, but. I'm telling you, I, I've seen some Burks go for very low, including, you know, this one for a BIN. Really? Never got Is this, this guy. Real? I, I, I don't know. That, that's a crazy BIN number right there uh, for the 499. So let me know uh, what you guys uh, in, in the chat, who has the bigger season next year? Type T for Traylon Burks, type D for Drake London. I am very, very, very curious. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm waiting for a few responses to come in, but Andy, I, I, I I'm, I'm still eyeing some Burks going into next year. I mean, I cannot believe I missed out on this, uh, sold listing from yesterday, $4 and 99 cents for a silver prism auto trail and Burks. And I mean, it just leaves you with so much upside. So I look at the guy, you know, similar draft capital, great athletic profile. They're both in like, you know, run heavy situations, but they're both projected as the number one wide receiver. And I just think Burks has got so much more upside buying in at that price. You know, a lot of it's right. A lot of it is, and it can be compared back to the ADP. Like, I think you can get Traylon Burks a couple rounds later than, than you can get Drake. Oh, yeah. For as well. Yeah. Um, I'll also say this. Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. Is he washed? Yeah, a little. Does he get banged up quite a bit? Yeah. Don't you think the Titans want to see what they have in either Willis or Levis? Absolutely. Uh, but if Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback, Ryan can spin it. And I think Burks, who last year, Andy, uh, was being thrown to – by Joshua Dobbs. Joshua Dobbs, Andy. Joshua Dobbs. So I I, I just love me some Traylon Burks going into next year. It could just be that I've been bullish on him even before last year's draft. Uh so yeah, you know, it's that's where I am right now. Now, as far as second year wide receivers, Andy, this is big in the fantasy and now football card world. I want to ask you just simply as a football player, who is better? Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. 
Man, um, well, if I were to look at the numbers from last year, I'm going to have to go with Garrett Wilson. And I think they're very, they're very close. They're very close, man. Uh, I would be interested to see what Chris Olave would have done in his rookie season in that Jets wide receiver room instead of Garrett Wilson. Right. And, but the thing is, it's like, what, what quarterback was throwing it? Joe Flacco, Chris Traveler, we're talking about Zach Wilson, you know? So they had, um, they had a bunch of misfits quarterbacks throwing them the ball or old dusty guides. And so it's really hard to get a good gauge of what they'll do with a good quarterback. Both of them get quarterback upgrades, even if Derek Carr, I mean, they're, I think that Derek Carr is on the decline. I don't think he's on the decline at the rate that Matt Ryan was on the decline last year. Like he's not at that level yet. Neither is Aaron Rodgers. So he, they're, they're both getting veteran quarterback upgrades, which is, I don't know, Carter, like after watching what happened to Russell Wilson last year going to Denver, this could go and and Matt Ryan going to the Colts. This could go very bad or very good for either one of these guys. And maybe it starts off rocky, like we talked about the Jets opening schedule. Uh, the uh, the coincidentally, the Saints have the easiest schedule in the NFL this year, Carter. And I love that. Obviously, we'll uh, I'll be happy to take some Saints Bucks bets this year, Andy. Huh? Huh? I can't do them. I can't do them. But I'll tell you what, man, there's so much potential in the NFC South for uh, breakout players because of because of the easiness of, of schedule of all these teams. Like I, the, the, the Atlanta Falcons 31st, the New Orleans Saints 32nd, and Carolina Panthers have the 28th easiest schedule. And you can see a lot of people think Bryce Young is going to exceed expectations of Carolina. So I think one of these teams can way out see – um, outperform expectations from the NFC South, in which case they'll win the division, they'll head to the playoffs, there's going to be big appreciations in the, the quarterback's rookie cards and the skill position players they bring along with them. I want to ask you this question before we get into new product and just mostly talk football cards. Um, this is a question that I think I saw in a recent chat and I've been meaning to bring up to you. I mean, we know the AFC quarterback hierarchy. I don't think a lot of that's going to change. But, of course, the NFC, right now it's Jalen Hurts and everybody else. What's very interesting about these NFC quarterbacks, Andy, is a lot of them are really good quarterbacks, but they never were elite quarterbacks per se, but they're in good situations. We saw a few years ago with Matthew Stafford and what he did with the Rams. Is there for you – a football card play with Derek Carr, Jared Goff, or maybe Kirk Cousins uh, that 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 you could see yourself making. I'm out on Kirk Cousins and the Vikings because so much of his success is tied to playoff wins. I don't see them with uh, the defense getting worse. It's it's going to be all out. Like I think Kirk Cousins could throw for six thousand yards and Justin Jefferson like shatter some kind of uh, receiver record. And yet they still like maybe not even make the playoffs kind of thing, you know? So um, that for that reason, I'm out on Kirk Cousins. Uh, but I think some of the other guys you mentioned, Derek Carr obviously is an interesting one, especially if the Saints make the playoffs. Like somebody from the NFC South is going to make the playoffs. Somebody's going to exceed expectations. Some, one of those teams 
is going to have, a, I think, a pretty decent record just based on how easy their schedule is. Maybe it's the Saints. Maybe it's the Falcons. I, I lean in one of those two directions uh, because of how strong they are in the trenches. But Carolina, pretty strong too, man. So I definitely know it's not going to be the Bucs. I could, I could bet on that. But um, I, I, I like – Man, I'm I'm tempted to go back to the uh, Geno Smith wells, especially yeah. how cheap I've seen some of his cards go. Like, I still want to go back to him because of how strong the weapons are there, and like how much he really is just has nothing to lose at this point. And that that was not a small sample we got last year. We got an entire season of him just balling out, um, even in the playoff game where he held his own against San Francisco. I mean, that was a close game. So I, I continuously keep going back to Seattle and thinking that they're going to be pretty good. Uh, they're, the problem is their offensive line is not great. But, I mean, Geno Smith's pretty mobile. And you have a great run game. It's really their interior offensive line, I think, is the, the weakest part, according to Pro Football Focus. And they have the 16th hardest schedule. Their toughest stretch is from weeks uh, 12 to 15. And – if you were to compare Geno Smith to Derek Carr, there's still a big difference in Geno Smith being a lot cheaper. So I feel like there's a lot more meat on that bone um, to make money on Geno Smith this year, especially what if, you know, San Francisco actually struggles? Not that, I mean, you can project them to struggle, but what if they do struggle and Seattle kind of runs that division for a little while Let's until go. like halfway through the season? Like what if Seattle starts off 3-0 and all of a sudden, after what Geno Smith did last year, if he's early, like Vegas projection, like there's actually odds on him, like decent odds for him to win NF, uh, MVP, that's going to drive a significant increase in his in the value of his cards. And his cards are already pretty rare from 2013, like the rookie cards. So, Shout out to Mr. T. He is pretty pumped up with all this pro Seahawk content that we've been pushing out i wasn't going to say gino because i've talked about him so much in recent live streams but yeah i i would also put some futures on gino leading the league and in, in passing yardage as well uh i'm very bullish on him next season now andy let's actually talk specifically football cards um you know i i bring this up every live stream how excited i am that you can walk into a walmart and the shelves not be cleared out so if you want to take your kid to a Walmart and get a box of something football, you can do it. It's not like the way it was two years ago or even to a certain degree, even a year ago. Um, I love that. I, I really freaking do. So let's uh, chat releases, Andy. Yeah, I, I mean, just be prepared to pay $35 for a blaster box that has a pretty low hit rate on like right. the really good rookies. I mean, they have Optic and Select on Walmart's website, which tells you it's in stock. Um, it's, it's not Maybe not all stores, but there's definitely in stock to get online. And uh, just be prepared. $35 for a blaster box and the hit rates, like, they're not they're not great. No. Uh, so I, I look at new products. There is some new product. We talked about 2023 Chronicles coming out. Um, I wanted to see if I got, I, there was a prism Geno Smith, uh, CSG 10 that ended for like $10. Ooh. Uh, it was like Monday night and I, I missed it. I, I forgot to bid on it. Well, come on, Andy. I, Don't miss I, it. I, I digress, God. man. 
Yeah, I was seeing if I could pull it up on my watch list because it oh was my like goodness, ten dollars for a for ten. Oh my! Yeah, it was God. a CSG ten, which is a reputable grading company. It's just as good as an SGC ten, uh, and I just totally it was a base prism. But twenty thirteen base prism is like you know an optic yeah, hollow yeah. or an X fractor from today. You know, it's just like the scarcity was so much higher. I'm I'm firing I'm I'm firing you. I, I'm taking applications for the new Questcast uh co-host here god that is a that is a big big missed night opportunity but uh andy I, i'll say this about chronicles i like it because you get variety in there and once again i i'm a college football guy i i, I like college uniform cards i know i'm in the minority there i know you should sell them when the pro uniform stuff comes out so chronicles isn't my absolute favorite uh favorite you know, draft product. They used to like draft picks, but I don't think we're going to get Prism draft picks uh, again. Uh, but Chronicles, I'm, 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 I'm cool with it, man. It's, it's, it's a fun rip. Yeah, it's a fun rip, man. You get, you get a decent amount of autographs. It's like 48 cards, three autographs, which is impressive to me this year. And you know, I think the majority of the time, those are going to be rookies. You also get some interesting sets that do um, it within Chronicles because it's like a gumbo of a bunch of different sets. And you're going to get some different rated rookies in there, like Optic Previews and some Legacy, some Luminance, some Illusion, some Zenith, like all these different things. And I think it you're going to have some pretty aesthetic looking cards, some cards that have pro logos, like pro NFL logos, pro NFL designs, but college uniforms is fully licensed. Um, and I think it's going to be pretty popular if you get some of those more serial numbered uh, legacy autos and stuff like that. And the price point is really nice, like on three autographs, 175. So um, that it, coming up right after that, though, Carter, is Donruss Elite. Now, Let's this one on. may be do even better. This is 20 packs of five cards each. So you get 100 cards in the hobby box. It's. $300, it releases on 8-2. So there's only less than a month between the release of Chronicles and then the release of Donruss Elite. And it gets two autographs per hobby box. And this is when you can chase the pen pals, the turn of the century. So this is what they advertise as the first on-card NFL autograph of all the new rookies in the NFL. So this is going to be popular. We know pen pals like over time, over the long run, they tend to lose value. Uh, they just get lost in the shuffle of all the other cards that come out by the end of the year, like the prism optic select stuff. Uh, but I mean, starting the season for the rookies, they're going to be really, really hot. Yeah. I've, I've never uh, like, I'll see an occasional Patrick Mahomes pen pals auto come up and I'm like, Man, there's just so many better looking cards out there. Huh? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, for crapping on pin pals here. Uh, I just get excited when new product is just being released. And this just isn't my absolute favorite. Uh, what say you? Um, I like some of them. Like Turn of the Century, I think, is my favorite insert from there. Every year I, I, I see Turn of the Century does pretty well, even long term. There's people that still look out for the turn of the century. They typically have like big NFL logos and pretty cool designs. 
Uh, you know, and it, it, as long as it clearly indicates it's a rookie card, you got a rookie auto, and a lot of times serial numbered. Like the turn of the century cards are all serial numbered, so it's they're all 199 or less. And there's only um, like I think four or five different parallels from, if I remember correctly, from looking at the ch uh, checklist. So that to me kind of gets me uh, excited. That's kind of what I hunt out of that set. But you know, yeah, the pen pals aren't aren't my favorite card. A lot of it's because it's just like a plain paper card stock, and I do like the more blingy, chromed out cards. Bling, bling. <laughs> ah! uh, Andy, let's get to a few comments really quickly. We welcome in Ziggy. No, my guy is always in the mix, man. Z Ziggy Cheers. just bring Ziggy just brings the heat, man. He takes no prisoner. Shout out to him. Uh, oh my shoes, good to see you. Thunder and sports card, of course. Hector and Derek are always killing it in the chat with Chad. Those guys just murder it every week with football knowledge, fantasy, and sports cards. But I want to get to Otis right here. 2022 select football mega boxes have been loaded. I've heard the same thing, Andy. Now, I've seen, you know, I've talked about people clearing out shelves. People have been clearing out select mega boxes. I'm sorry. I don't mean to mislead anybody. Um, but yeah, I've, I've seen some people hit some 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 beauties. Well, I'm not surprised to be honest with you. They added more inserts. They added more parallels. There's a fifth tier. Like actually, the um, the data diver guy, um, Tyler Teapot. I can't remember his full name, but he did a really good breakdown of all the the different tiers and select and the players that were printed for each tier. And I thought it was really interesting, Carter. There is actually five tiers in select. Like whenever I talked about it, uh, whenever it first came out before that, like I was, it was way more extensive than that, than what I initially thought it was from that article I was reading. And um, man, is there a lot of cards in this year's select? I'll actually throw it up on the screen. I don't know if you've seen this yet, Carter. Let's see it. Let's fire it up, yeah. baby. Uh, where's my screen? There you go. Oh, so, ooh, look at all this juicy data, baby. The yeah, this is um shout out to Teapot over there, Data Divers. Um, he's got the different the number of parallels for each tier at the top in the top column, and then he's got the basically like a blue bar is which tier they were printed in. So Chris Olave, all the tiers, Kenny Pickett, all the tiers except for club, Desmond Ritter, all the tiers except for club, Drake London, all the tiers except for premier. And it's like, you can see, it's kind of interesting, right? Wow. I'm interested that Chris Olave was the only one that got all five. Right. I don't know what the rhyme or reason is for Panini printing guys. Like why would you not print sauce Gardner or Brees Hall and, Aiden Hutchinson and all the tiers with more parallels, but Chris Olave got 151 different uh, like base cards, including the parallels and stuff within select compared to a uh, what Jamison Williams who got 54, Aiden Hutchinson got 58, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Sauce Gardner got 60. This is look, just, look at just look at strange. Pur look at Purdy, only two. That's crazy. Yeah, Purdy's only printed in club level and field level. And with the, the late release of this product, you think that they would actually print a guy like Isaiah Pacheco 
in more tiers, but uh, only in the field level. So that's a that's a good thing to know because when you're shopping on eBay and all you find are horizontally formatted select field level Isaiah Pacheco's, if one goes for five ten bucks, like that's actually got some decent scarcity to it. It's actually not a bad buy at all. In fact, ooh, I like it, man. Let me ask you this. Um... On your hierarchy now, Andy, I know a lot of people were turned off when Select went retail. Uh, how do you feel about Select? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure you still have Optic, Rated Rookie, Prism, and all that stuff still ahead of Select, right? Rated Rookie, number one, baby. Number one. Uh, the, grade, the grade rates, PSA 10 grade rates, are much higher on the base rated rookies. So if I'm going to buy the grade, I'm definitely buying base Donruss rated rookies. Uh, optics for aesthetics. Optics also feature a lot of on-card autos uh, that are serial numbered. So I, lo I love those. And then um, for me, then it's Prism, and then it's Mosaic, and then it's Select. So Select is actually fourth for me. I would put, though, uh, a field level select. I'm not crazy about the horizontal format. I do like that they made it really easy to differentiate between which ones are the most short print or the most uncommon, you know, compared to the more common ones. But I'm still a big fan of vertically formatted cards. Like, I get what they're doing this year with, you know, they did it with contenders too, Carter. The short print rookie ticket auto is all horizontally formatted. To me, it's a little bit of a turnoff. I'm not a big horizontal uh, card guy, but I think it makes it easier. If you make it easier to for people to understand, and that actually spreads around the hobby, and everybody understands, including new people getting in or, or people that are very casual, leisurely going on at the beginning of the season to buy a card, I always like to target those types of buyers because I feel like those are the kind of people that – will buy just for their collection on a whim, maybe because they see a guy is melting faces on TV and they're not really concerned about, you know, what the historical price data is or the scarcity, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, they're just looking like, how cool does this card look? Oh, it's also got a rookie autograph, that kind of thing. If it clearly like identifies itself at with, with those criteria, then I kind of like to target that card more. Look, I, I want to shout out Jay Wright seven four six eight. I I don't know if this is his first time commenting, but look at him doing the Lord's work. He said he called Panini this morning, uh, and and he said just FYI for you guys, if you're waiting on Kyle Pitts redemptions, he is supposedly coming in next week to sign all of his stuff. <laughs> wow, man, that's big because there's so many uh, 2021 rookies like Kyle Pitts, Justin Fields, your boy Jamar Chase that have so many redemptions lingering out there, man. And it's like, where are this? Where are these guys' rookie ticket autos? They're so insanely expensive because they're so rare when you look at a guy like Trevor Lawrence and they're just like, you know, yeah, they're so expensive, but at least he's got a bunch of them out there. Yeah, I, I'll tell you this uh, from getting to know, you know, more so via my, my other channel, but the signature stuff, a lot of athletes do not like it, like, because you're just signing so much stuff. Um, it is absolutely ridiculous. Now, they like the money uh, that comes from it, obviously, but it's it, it's tedious. It, I mean, it's, 
stuff gets piled up and athletes are busy. They, they, they're very busy. So uh, for whatever reason, some take longer than others. And because of that, Andy, I wanted to ask you and I wanted to ask the chat this question. How much does it bother you when an athlete switches up the signature? Right. Andy, I'm going through this right now with one of my favorite players, Jamar Chase. Okay. He's changed up his signature some. Um, I currently only have like a few Chase autos. I like the Leaf stuff because it's his old J Chase one autograph, but now he does more JC one because, you know, he's signing so much stuff. He's one of the biggest players in the NFL right now. I'm interested in what the chat has to say. I'm interested in what you have to say about that, Andy. Yeah, I think it's a it's kind of like it allows you to, to build a, new, a different kind of rainbow, right? And it's probably right. a lot more affordable <laughs> trying to build the one of one all the way into all the parallels. So um, I think it's cool to maybe have each different iteration of a player's autograph, kind of like the timeline of when he first started. He was writing J Chase with the number and all this. He was writing smiley faces on there. And now he ain't doing none of that. You just like you get a JC. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of go through each iteration. It kind of shows you how how many things he started having to sign. And I guess that's also an indicator of how good he started becoming as well. Uh, I, I mean, the, the thing is, things with autographs, um, they can't be I was going to say they can't be replicated in a, in a sense like he could always go back to signing that way. It's not like a game worn jersey, but at the same time, it does capture a specific uh, period in that player's life and the way they were signing autographs and if they change it up like if all of a sudden you know t higgins came to an epiphany and he's like you know what i really gotta start you know making my name a little bit more legible in my autographs on these cards and like started actually writing out a t and higgins and whatever or just something a little bit more than like two lines then those i think those cards become more valuable uh, but it also makes the older ones nostalgic at the same time yeah, and it's interesting. Like the the Jamar Chase card that I'm chasing is way out of my price range. Is one that's not even signed at all. It's that that zebra print field level. Oh, man, that card. Man, it's uh, my hierarchy, hierarchy on things in life. My wife, and then that card. It is that simple. I freaking love that design. Uh, but and honestly, sometimes the card over my wife. Just saying, but. I, it's it's that beautiful. It really is. But yeah, I mean, signatures change. My uh, my favorite signature that I have in my collection is a Justin Jefferson signature from when he was in college, and he signed it number thirty two. He wore number thirty two is is only his true freshman season. That is the most rare signature that he's going to have. So you know, I I like that because if you get an early autograph, it's it's different than their later uh, autographs. But Andy, I will say uh, signatures do change over time. And I think the newer athletes, quite a few of them don't give the best sigs, right? Old, uh, the older you, you get a little better signatures, but then you also have this card. Andy, explain this to our wonderful viewers. And speaking of signatures, this was posted on uh, BBC Sports Cards Twitter timeline today. Breaking news. The GOAT, Tom Brady, was drafted by the Montreal Expos in 1995. 
will have a card in this year's Bowman Draft baseball set. Here's an alleged leaked photo of the autograph card, and it features an inscription. If baseball doesn't work out, there's always football. Autograph signed by Tom Brady. I mean, this card literally is going to become, while not technically a football card, the most expensive football card, or maybe the most expensive card in the hobby, period. Tom Brady doesn't do a lot of autographs. And just the fact that he signed this in, in allegedly in 1995 when he played baseball for the Expos, are you kidding me? Mm. So just for clarification, he this card he signed in 95, or did or is this just another variation and he just signed it now? That's a great question. Uh, we're, we 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 may have to we may have to bring this guy on to get more information. This was the only information I could find on this. Yeah. And I so, normally, I normally stay away from BBC, uh, initialed anything now that can, that, that gets NSFW, uh, quite a bit, but yeah, reach out to him, go for it. Uh, uh, but yeah, I would love this card. I just like interesting cards. I'm an inscription guy as well. Uh, but you are right. I mean, out of all the legendary football players, uh, one thing that I love is the one football legend that I think promotes the hobby, but he gets no love for it. And obviously he's getting, I think he's getting paid for it is uh Barry Sanders. Uh, he gives out like Panini prism uh, cards uh, quite a bit. Uh, do you ever see this on Twitter? He'll give out so many like Panini prism like he'll just sign like a current prism card of his and, and just give it out. And he's the man. Well, I kind of, I guess it kind of de- devalues auto, but it makes the card a lot more valuable. It's like, I, I would like to have one. And I think going to one of those events, like I would expect to pay anywhere between 30 and $50 just right. to, to get that. So if I could get that in a card, I think that's when it becomes really important to get it PSA DNA authenticated uh, even if you don't get the card graded, just to say, hey, this is authentic uh, Barry Sanders autograph, and it's the nicest aesthetic. Like if I could bring him whatever prism, uh, short, sh- you know, short print insert. Like if I could bring him a uh, a manga or a downtown or something really cool and have him sign it, I think that's awesome. Uh, Barry is great with fans. I my interaction with Barry Sanders, I was obliterated after LSU won the national championship. And he was very patient uh, to take a photo with my dad and I, I've never get over and high like that, but yeah, Barry has always been just top freaking class and wish we had more of that. I, I see ham, Michael ham, the legend when it comes to sports card knowledge, y- you always trust a guy holding a fish, right? Uh, there you go. Bowman was rumored to have Tom Brady in an upcoming set this year. It was signed in 2023. So I think that actually makes it better. You know, a little sarcasm, a little humor here. I like that. Yeah. And it looks to be, I'm sure it's rare because Tom Brady does not sign a lot of cards. So for him to add that additional inscription, that little message is actually really funny. And I I think it's because it's your guy, Michael Rubin. Brady and Ruben are boys, man. Uh, and it, obviously, Brady is is really in with fanatics. Um, so, so I want to ask you this, Andy: Did you see the all white party this past weekend uh, that Michael Ruben threw? 
where it was Tom Brady, Odell Beckham, Des Bryant, Joe Shiesty, uh, D- uh, Devontae Adams, and those are just the football guys. Freaking Killian Mbappe was there, Andy. Do you know Killian Mbappe? Killian Mbappe. Well, yeah, I've heard of him. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't know any of his I don't know any of his efficiency metrics or anything like that for soccer, but I know he's pretty good. Man, next year we got to get to the party, man. Beyonce, Jay Z, Robert Kraft. We we got to we got to get an invite, man. We 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 do. The question is was was this? Um, I wonder if this was filmed for like a uh, you know oh, no, reality they're, they're TV footage. shows. I, my. The footage, my jaw dropped seeing how many legendary people that were at that party. Now, why is that relevant? Well, Michael Rubin is is the guy now. I mean, he he basically somewhat owns a good bit of the hobby now. He is in with the athletes unlike anybody else. And I haven't even talked about the NBA guys. I mean, he flew all the way to France to get Wimby, an exclusive deal. Um, I, I I like it. I I, I do. Now... I'll say this. Our guy Ziggy No is definitely one of the most objective and critical people in the hobby. I I've, I, I would love to hear his thoughts about Ruben in the hobby. But I think if athletes know Michael Ruben is 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 the card guy now, I, I think you could get better signatures, more signatures, and I, I think that's good. So Lee Aaron in the chat wants to know, if you could go to that party or get your Chase Zebra, Carter, what would it be? I'd go to the party. I'd absolutely go to the party <laughs> because uh, I look, I used to do stand up and I don't miss it a whole lot, but I kind of do. And Kevin Hart was there and K Hart got to love it. And listen to this, Andy Usher performed. So Usher is th- that's our, that's our childhood. Now I don't, I don't know how much Usher you grew up listening to, but I loved him. I, I just did. And my dad got to see him in Vegas uh, a few months ago. I'm definitely going to that freaking party over the Chase Zebra all day. I'm still trying to master the Usher dance moves, man. Yeah, there you go. I mean, we'll, we'll do it in Chicago, baby. We'll, 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 we'll get it done. Huh? 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 Uh, the question is, was anybody uh, was anybody slapped in the face? Did Will Smith show up and slap anybody in the face? No, 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 Will Smith. No. You know, you know what's very interesting though is like the athletes that go to that. It's it's genius because you know once again, uh, you know those athletes worship you know Jay Z. Uh, uh, Justin Bieber was there, but if if you go, guess what? I, I I would guess Michael Rubin would say, hey, if you're coming to the party, I need you to be a fanatics guy. And that makes it a lot easier just to accumulate as many athletes as you possibly can. Once again, I'm not going through all the A-list NBA guys that were there. Um, and it is interesting to see which athletes are with Fanatics and which ones aren't. I, I don't believe Mahomes is with them. I don't believe uh, Lamar is, is, is with them. But all the young rookie quarterbacks that we talked about at the beginning of the episode, they, they're Fanatics exclusive guys, and that doesn't include – you know, Will Anderson, who's going to be a very good player. So, yeah, it's 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 wild what what Ruben has accumulated, and he's he's a cool guy. Like it's not it's not like he's just rich. You know, it seems like they legitimately like being around this guy. So, I mean, at this point, do we pretty much want 
fanatics to take over the football card hobby as well? I mean, is this kind of what we're hoping for? Once again, that gets into all this license stuff that once we, we have always said this about hobby exclusives, license exclusives and all of that. Be very skeptical because a lot of this stuff is fluid because obviously Panini is you know still Panini and and they still have this thing for the next year and a half or so. But obviously we know Tops is owned by Fanatics and it is different. Uh, I mean we'll, we'll see. Obviously one thing and this is something that I've really enjoyed um, about Michael Rubin is he has said in pretty much every interview that the one thing that drives him crazy. Is redemption, and we saw, you know, Andy, when we just brought it up just a minute ago, how angry the chat gets with redemptions. So, I'm telling you, if fanatics were to able to get rid of redemptions and just get everyone to sign, and you take redemptions just out of the hobby, I don't think you could just take it completely out. Man, uh, I like fanatics as a company. I just do. Uh, I know everyone doesn't agree with that. That's perfectly fine. But if he were to do that, man. That that would that would get him so much goodwill. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, one, one more thing to what what put Hector's comment up on the on the screen as well. Okay, so as you know, Andy, I'm I'm, I'm a Tyron Matthew collector. Okay, uh, that's always just been you know my guy. Um, and and look, he was you know that 2012 2013. So you got tops, and you got Panini Prism. I have a lot of Panini Prism Matthew. I have a lot of Topps Chrome Matthew. When I tell you how much I miss Topps Chrome, uh, I miss it a lot. I really do, and I can't wait to see it come back to football. If it does, yeah. I mean, I I think they were the I I think they were kind of first of the game, or they were definitely before Panini, uh, and and they started producing a lot more parallels. But yet they 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 they've been around from the junk wax era and, and before that. So they've kind of been through that whole phase. They kind of learned a very important lesson about overprinting and, you know, kind of understood how to, how to print sets and without printing too much. And, you know, I do kind of like the way that baseball, baseball is done so much differently in the sense that they only tops is only allowed to print for a player once they're brought up from the farming system, right? Once they're actually signed by the major league team. So until then you actually do have all the value in the Bowman uh, first prospect cards. And that's different with the NFL hobby because, you know, players with any draft capital until you're, you don't have to be proven good in the NFL at all. If you just have that draft capital, then you're going to be printed in all the, uh, pro sets with all those parallels and, and that big print run. Let me ask you this. All right. You know, Andy, my favorite thing over parallels, over numbered, over autos are our game use patches. Th- those are just always been my absolute um, favorite thing. So I want to bring up, and, and I, I understand I talk about Hector a lot. Me and him just think a lot about the same things in the hobby. Dude, if if Fanatics ups the game worn patch thing, bro, it it's I I just think game worn stuff is just is such a game changer, at least for me, Andy. Hey, speaking of game worn, I mean they're like those Moxies, the the Moxie patches that come out of Donruss Elite. 
last year they had some event worn stuff. I think that's the closest we get to game worn right now. Right. But if Fanatics could actually like bring true game worn with the actual event uh, notated on the back and some type of certificate of authenticity with it, I mean that's just, it's a game changer, man. Ooh, ooh. So Ham says Fanatics does not own uh, game worn anything. It's all from Fanatics store jerseys. I mean, I mean, I'll say I I think they do have some like game worn stuff. I don't think they've put it in cards just yet, but I think more so as far as like the future is concerned. Kind of what they did with the Major League Baseball this year. They had you know like these opening day patches, and once the game was over, uh, they they sewed the packet uh, patches off and they put it or at least they're going to put it in cards. I don't keep up with baseball cards at all, but I think that's pretty cool. That would be a pretty sick, scarce one of one. And, you know, the one card from uh, a quarterback, Andy, who I I just don't care for, I'm just not a fan of his. I like him, you know, personally I do, but he's just not, you know, in my Burrow, Breeze, McNair, Manning tier. Is that Josh Allen red stain e patch uh that was photo matched just in some random card uh and and th- they were able to see the red stain him you know hugging tom brady and that card just gives me chills whoever has that card that, that's a card i would desperately love to see at the national you know what's interesting and this is what the hobby uh, this is what the hobby is kind of driven uh third party vendors uh to doing a third party companies kind of like you, know, oh, you see man. some custom cards, but these uh, Jersey Fusion, Jersey Fusion is actually a legitimate company that they actually take normal cards and they'll cut in a uh, game used swatch on the back of the card and they actually put it in their own little one touch here about how the material is from a jersey worn by the player depicted on the trading card. And this is johnny unitas like man how how do you have a uh a game worn jersey i don't think i guess that's not necessarily game worn but it's they're 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 claiming it's player worn uh yeah i mean all united had to do is just put a jersey on and uh and yeah i i guess so i've never really been a jersey fusion guy but i do like the option uh, if people like it, go for it. Um, let's go to Hector. MLB debut patch greater than any logo man. I I agree. I do. Um, yeah, that that jersey fusion isn't bad. You got a little patch in there. Look at that. That's you got, you got wild, little, right, man? Got, got got you a little color patch. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but uh, teach your own. I could come around. And this one's actually indicating that the jersey was worn by Jared Goff on December 15, 2019, by the player depicted on the front of the card. So, love some specificity. Yeah, man. It's super, super interesting. So, it's almost like a, it's almost like a slab that they put the card in with the patch. So, and it's, I know Jersey Fusion, they've, they've been around for a few years. Uh, guys like uh, Mike Ham like the card. So, look, 
they, they actually show the jersey on their their website from when the when the jersey was worn with the certificate of authenticity then they basically cut that up in their lab and add it to uh sports cards yeah if it was a big game or if i was at that game that would be a pretty cool you know souvenir like once again aesthetically they're not my favorite but it, it is very uh interesting um so there you go We'll go quickly here. Uh, this has been a spicy live stream. I saw I, I'm not able to see where from where I am. We were over 50 viewers. Just keeps growing. I absolutely love it. Uh, hobby tip of the week. It's just uh, pretty straightforward uh, for me. I've, I've actually already shared it. The reprint stuff. People still get fooled by this. And that Brock Purdy thing where in all caps – in the title, the dude said reprint and still went for 160 bucks. That's just crazy to me. So that's a quick hobby tip of the week uh, for me, Andy, uh, for you. Oh, man. Um, hobby tip. Get those cards listed, guys. <laughs> get those cards listed. Go ahead and list them in a buy it now. I get a lot of questions from people always asking uh, when I should list my cards, like when I should get them listed. And my response is to get them listed now to buy it now, or at least have them set up in a draft. If maybe you want to, maybe you want to wait and maybe you do feel that you're flexible enough and you're paying attention to the sport enough that you can see the breakout happening and then go on and publish your card at a price that you, you see what um, the, the current sold at that time are compared you know, like if you don't want to risk listing it now and like not getting the the peak amount of money that you could out of your card, you could save it as a draft and be ready to go for when that player does break out. Or, I mean, I, I just like to kind of anticipate, like, right, Carter? I like to compare it to what the other guys are in the draft class. Like my Mac Jones I'm trying to sell right now, I'm trying to sell them for where Justin Fields cards are at right now a little bit under that like i'll accept offers you know under that and take like 75 80 percent uh play of the week uh you know for me andy i i, I go back i kind of shared it a little bit earlier again uh Traylon burks i i just i even love it even more now i'm seeing some autos go for ten dollars out the door fifteen dollars out the door on ebay that just makes a lot of sense to me i'd love his athletic profile coming out of arkansas and now he is the clear-cut number one guy i think he's gonna have some some spike weeks and uh he's fully focused in ready to go and he's very dedicated i mean i don't know if you saw the story but he took like a private flight to make his first practice because there's flight delays uh the guys put in the work and i expect a pretty big year from here uh let's go to cody so andy i i just got some 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 good news right here so cody b uh our first super chat here um cody is a huge supporter of my lsu channel and we just by happen to both be big football card fans and guess what andy cody's meeting up with us at the national baby let's go cody awesome go. man Let's go. Yeah, I know. That's that's awesome, man. I'm looking forward. Can't wait to meet Cody. I know there's a few other guys from uh, the Patreon, from the Quest, that are going as well. So I can't make, wait to meet all of you guys. 
and kick it. It's going to be fun. Let's go, Cody. Huh? 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 My man had a big Kenny Pickett purchase uh, recently. I can't wait to see if he still has it. Like a big, big, big Pickett. Uh, I, I, I love it. Um, uh, let's go to Cody's uh, comment. He wants to talk to Anthony Richardson here at the end. Okay. This is where it's a little bit different because, like, for people that didn't watch any Arkansas and Traylon Burks, you're like, wait, why is Carter so high on him? Because the dude was him in freaking college. Anthony Richardson's like the opposite. A lot of people in the NFL just love him, adore him. They like the Shane Steichen fit. But in college, Andy, he was all over the place. Accuracy, all of it. Now, you would see some elite things, including his 80-yard touchdown run versus my dear beloved LSU Tigers. But Andy, he, he, they, they went 6-7 and seven last year. And he threw a lot of uncatchable throws. So, uh, so yeah, uh, it's... It was a lot of it was a lot of ugly last year for AR. So he wasn't nearly as good of a passer as Jalen Hurts was in college. No, uh, Jalen, Jalen was very good, and you also got to keep this in mind. All right, this this is how I feel about quarterbacks. Um, to 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 add in to this entire conversation, so. Uh, Andy, do you know what the Elite 11 is? Are you familiar with the Elite 11 at all? Mm-hmm. Okay, so every year the, the there's these regional camps for like the top high school quarterbacks, and it ends with an Elite 11 camp in California, right? So Panini is like Elite 11's one of their biggest sponsors. So um, I wanted to include that because Panini gets to know quite a few of these quarterbacks very early on in the process. I think that's going to be very interesting uh, moving forward. And they sponsor a lot of these high school kind of events. But, you know, Jalen Hurts, what made him so interesting is that he played a lot of football. So, you know, he was involved with the Elite 11 in high school. And then when he got to Alabama, he essentially was a three and a half year starter or more two-and-a-half to three-ish year starter. Anthony Richardson has only started one full season. And it is hard to get good at quarterback, Andy, if you don't get game reps. So, for me, that's going to be so big for Anthony moving forward. I I just have a tough time with only one full year of starts seeing him be good this first season. But from a fantasy perspective, I, I, I love him. I just think that it's going to be a lot of rushing. So I think he's going to establish himself first and foremost uh, um, around a rushing attack. And it'll probably be like a lot of like short passes with a very seldom, like, you know, deep play design where he drops back, maybe a play action and like lets a, lets one rip, you know, down the sideline maybe uh, to, uh, I, I, they got Isaiah McKenzie now, or I, we like Ashton Doolin, Al, Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman. They got some good, good players there, but I, I just like the, the coaching because he knows how to build, but it does make it understanding that it, it does kind of paint a, a much more difficult path for Anthony Richardson to take the kind of leap that Jalen Hurts has taken. 
with all that experience that Jalen Hurts has. Plus, he, his dad's a coach too, right? Yeah. And he's like had this whole system. He's been in this whole system, and Jalen Hurts clearly has those intangibles, like Joe Burrow, about leading the offense, you know, and understanding what the defense is giving them and all that kind of stuff. So. Oh. I meant to put this in the private chat, Andy, but it's in the public chat as well. I want you to put this card up on the screen from, from Jalen Hurts. I'm glad you brought this up because this is the absolute sickest immaculate patch I've ever seen. But it's not from like any certain game or whatever. So I know I posted it in the chat, but we'll put it, post it on the screen so you don't have to look at this patch. Look at that eye right there. Definitely not cutting this one open to see if that's actually <laughs> from his jersey. Look at this card, bro. Now, oh man, it, it's so rare. I don't really think the grade matters a whole lot with it being a BGS 8.5 auto 10, but I'm still tempted to crack this thing out. Look at this, bro. I love Jalen's signature too. It's very clean. Uh, ending tonight. It, it could be yours. So whoever is selling this, oh, Jaku, I actually follow him on Instagram. Um, whoever's selling this card, Jaku, if it goes up, or if a if a uh, a Questcast viewer actually buys this card tonight. Joku owes me a burrow. Uh, look, look at look at that man. Mm. Yeah, that's really nice, and it's it's actually a pretty reasonable price with the quality of pads, on card auto, great brand, immaculate, 04 to twenty five. I mean the the Joe Burrow Justin Herbert base rookie ticket autos, uh, even in raw condition, it's still a twenty five hundred dollar card. You're still looking at a twenty five hundred dollar card. Joe Burrow's probably even gone up since the last time I, I kind of checked in on that. Um, no, I checked in. I think it was last week. But um, so so right now, I'm not sure how much higher this one's gonna go. But man, I had an eagle. That's sick. Look at the, the, there's this one too that, uh, Alan's got a bunch of sick patches, uh, and that's a good thing. You know, when it's event worn, you can. You could put the sickest patches in there. Just make them wear as many jerseys as as you can. Uh, but yeah, that's mm, that is so nasty, bro. God. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, I, I love targeting the Eagles' offense. I mean, Jalen for stuff like this, obviously seventy one hundreds out of my uh, out of my budget level. I would love to. To di to dip into my my four hundred one k and my savings account to to get this one at twenty five hundred or less because I do feel like that is um, that does have some serious potential especially if you believe Jalen Hurts is an MVP contender this year which I do I believe he's a prime MVP candidate out of the NFC like we could very well be looking at that. Um, I actually like right now my play of the week, Carter, is is Kenneth Gamewell. I don't know. Oh. I don't. I, yeah, I I think that there's a decent chance that Rashad Penny. You know, it's the top offensive line in the league. Kenneth Gamewell is actually drafted by the Eagles in 2021. They may only have fifth round 
draft capital. But the guy was really good at um, at Memphis, 6.3 yards per carry. He had a really high target share, almost 14%. So he's got a good receiving profile as well. He's never really got a ton of opportunity, but still put up four touchdowns last year, six touchdowns in 2021. And when you look at them, Rashad Penny's on a 300K salary. Like he's literally free. He's already reportedly hurt. There's potentially starts the season on IR. I think there's even potential he gets cut from the team once Ooh. we get to training camp because he can't pass a physical and he's not healthy. I'm, I think there's a good uh, good chance he gets cut from the team. The one thing that would hurt Kenneth Gainwell is they bring in a veteran, you know, a, one of these guys like, you know, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, Fournette, uh, Zeke. They're, all those guys are still out there. Obviously, Philly, you know, they got Penny for free. I think he, he's going to be cut. DeAndre Swift, he's never been healthy a full season, and he also is basically free. They traded a fourth-round pick for this guy, and if he doesn't pan out, then they get their fourth-round pick back. It's a compensatory, uh, compensatory pick. So okay. he's totally free as well. So the only guy they trust, and if you remember back to training camp last year, all the hype was on Kenneth Gainwell because he came in early for camp. He stayed late. He's like the hardest working guy on the team. Nick Sirianni was wearing the Gainwell shirt at the pressers and stuff. And I think, you know, you look at his uh, his potential, I think he's got pretty good potential to way exceed his current expectations. And, like, I, snob, I sniped an immaculate out of 25 Kenneth Gainwell on eBay the other day, autographed like this card, but it was raw. No, the patch wasn't as nice, but the patch was pretty cool. Wait till you see it. Uh, I'll show you in, in a mail day for twenty dollars, dude. Twenty dollars. Like there is just a ton of upside in this kid's cards right now, and I think that you know it could be coming down to him and Boston Scott, which I know Boston Scott's always good for a few touchdowns, you know. But Kenneth Gainwell can put up a lot of production on a playoff Super Bowl contending team. And this point it. next year, his his ADP could be a guy that jumps, you know, 100 picks now going around like the 8th to 10th round instead of just totally free. You ever been to Memphis? No. I heard they got good barbecue, though. I, I got no, some Memphis man. barbecue in the fridge. What, you do? Yeah, Memphis barbecue sauce. I actually had some on a uh, sandwich this afternoon. I had, there uh, you go, man. A couple pieces of bread, some Memphis barbecue sauce, and some grilled chicken. Bam. Kenny Gainwell, baby. Love it. Uh, Memphis, great city. I think Beal's a little overrated, though. Uh, but but not the basketball player, the the, the street. But um, – uh, Frank Duong says patches. It's all about the aesthetics. If it's a sick patch, it's a sick patch. Player worn, game worn, vertical, horizontal or not. You like it, you buy because it, it looks good. Yeah, I, I, but man, if you get that magical mix, game worn patch with uh, no low numbered, and you get the auto. That's what I'm looking for, baby. I don't care if the auto's not the absolute cleanest auto. That's what I'm looking for. The Holy Triumvirate. Uh, that's why that I have my John Elway, Peyton Manning patch stored up right now. But still, uh, Kent gets the last question after Cody and his Super Chat. Really appreciate it. 
Deshaun Watson, I think the Browns are going to be really good next year. I just think their roster is just so freaking loaded. And it makes me worried about my Bengals, which is kind of weird to say. But any of your thoughts on, on D. Watson going into next year? I think he has got nowhere to go but up. I actually highlight, I talked about him on a solo podcast that I did Monday, live stream I did Monday, okay. because his ADP has gone up 100 picks from last year to this year. Now that we all know he's going to be the starter and he's had an entire offseason to plan and prepare and actually practice with his team. And they have the number two ranked offensive line, according to PFF. Their schedule is about it's about mid-ranked. It's a very tough division in the AFC North, as you know, with your your Bengals uh, and your um, and your Ravens and the Steelers and stuff. So there's always like that consideration. But I like him to make potentially an early season uh, an early season push overall. There, this could be a playoff team as well. And like I said, his ADP has climbed up 100 points, but his rookie card values, Carter, have not changed at all. From this point last year till now, they're actually the same, if not a little bit lower. Because the news at this point last year was right when he was getting signed by the Browns and there wasn't actual suspension news yet. So there was a lot more like relevancy and hype going on for him. And now it's like there's a lot of people who just automatically assume that he's washed, even though... He's, for a quarterback, he is far, far from it. I kind of look at it as just like uh, he's needed this time to get not only his mind, but his body right for his sport, kind of like what Tiger Woods went through after he went through that whole scandal. So this guy is not even 28 years old yet, Carter. And I think that the Browns' offense as a whole is undervalued right now, and they're set up to absolutely smash uh, compared to the current expectations. That division is just – that's one of the most talented divisions I've ever seen in terms of just not only just really good football players, but like former five-star recruits, guys coming from big schools, guys that had ridiculous college careers. I mean, you got Heismans, Bolitnikovs, uh, you, know, you got it all. Uh, and 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 a Hall of Fame coach with, with, the, with the team that doesn't have – you know, the, the great quarterback. It's it's absolutely crazy. So next uh, Tuesday, we'll be back on our regular schedule on Tuesday next week. Once again, Underdog Fantasy, promo code Quest, promo code Carter. Either one gets you a good bonus. And draft, baby. Go on and get, get, get your draft. Who, who have you been taking a lot of lately, Andy? Uh, that's actually a really good question. So one guy that I, I always find myself like there's a cutoff at running back at Kenneth Walker and JK Dobbins. Yeah. I love both of those guys. Those guys always seem to fall to me. I love both of their outlooks uh, this year. And so I have been prioritizing wide receivers in the first two rounds. And then I've been getting a lot of like, it just depends on, you know, what, what happens like the format. I was doing a, quite a few of those chihuahuas that were all super flex. But let me let me um, I'll show you my exposure real quick. Yeah, go on ahead. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you somebody that I'm still drafting at cost. And I was racking up on him before cost uh, before his rise in ADP after the Dalvin Cook thing. I'm still a buyer of of Alexander Madison of where he is right now. Um, And I kind of feel like I I should do it with the football cards as well. Um, 
I, I just think with Minnesota's offense, I think their offense is still going to be good this next year. So yeah, let's let's see what you got here. You got some Monty, okay? Fifty-six percent, uh, David Montgomery. Eighty-seven dollar in entry fees on David Montgomery, but I'm okay with that. I, there's too big of a disparity between Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery when you look at how high Jameer Gibbs goes in in the uh, he goes in like the third, fourth round. I would say fourth round at the latest, and then David Montgomery going at pick one or pick eighty-one. And this is standard like best ball mania format, like standard single quarterback format. So I think there's too big of a disparity there. I don't think he's going to put up the 18 Jamal Williams touchdowns, uh, whatever he had last year. I think it was 18. But I do think that he's going to put up double-digit touchdowns, and he's going to put up over 1,000 rushing yards, probably have some receiving yards in there as well. Uh, I think this offense, I think you can tell at, at – as a whole, this offense is going to be really, really good this year. So, like, I have no problem hitting the button on Amon Ross St. Brown at the end of the first round over Garrett Wilson, over Devontae Adams. Like, I'm hitting a button on Amon Ross St. Brown because I just, Ooh. he's an easy, like, 200 target guy. Like, he could potentially set records in the amount of targets that he gets. It's going to be like Cooper Cup level targets. For Amon Ross St. Brown. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's playing my flag. Got to play my flag on some of these guys. And there's too big of a disparity. So when David Montgomery goes like three rounds later than uh, Jameer Gibbs, which I have been taking a lot more Jameer Gibbs lately. But, okay. Um, the Sun God. I, yeah. Yeah. Those, oh, are, really? those are some uh, some players that I've been smashing a lot. Quarterback. You no, want to see quarterback, Carter? Let's, let's see QB. Let's see what you got. Geno Smith, baby, 18%. Jared Goff. Sam Howell. I've actually been hedging this a lot more lately. Like My early season take about Sam Howell has shifted a bit to being more uh, iffy on whether or not um, uh, Jacoby Brissett is actually going to start the season because of Ron Rivera being on the hot seat and wanting, like, being absolutely desperate to win games. So if Sam Howell cannot throw the ball accurately, they're going to put Jacoby Brissett in. I oh, think I Sam Howell's on a tight leash with Ron Rivera. Even if the front office loves him, I think Ron Rivera is desperate to win. He's so competitive that he will put in Jacoby Brissett in a heartbeat. All right, guys. We'll see you next week, baby. Peace. Peace out, y'all.